0: Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah yeah. Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion lose you That's a boss move, maneuver, billionaire, entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer. put you rookies on a skewer I say shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer
1: Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me, I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Madness Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. We got news today. Oh, me, oh, my. So today, we will be getting into the NBA schedule. It came out today at 2 p.m. Central Time, and we will be dissecting the Mavericks schedule, um, sort of just like chopping it up into segments, kind of like month by month, um, which stretches um, are going to bode well for the Mavericks in our um, opinion and what stretches may not um, you know obviously all of this is projecting and you know we're not going to go game by game and hammer out every game of the schedule and predict like win losses and all that because that's just kind of pointless but you know we can definitely be able to um, project stretches and how the Mavericks may do in certain time periods we can do our best to do that so we'll be going over that we'll be going over like the special games games that we're going to maybe try to attend um, this season, me and Jaren are trying to make an effort to attend 10 games this season. Yes, uh, hopefully we can get that to come into fruition. Uh, so just the, sort of the must-see uh, games at home that we will be uh, looking into trying to go to, um, our personal favorites. We'll get into that. And Luka Doncic had a game versus Slovenia today in which he scored 34 points on 11 of 20 field goal shooting as they got the win in OT in a friendly match, 97-92, to 92, up against Nikola Jokic, um, Vlatko Konchar, Hit a three um, in overtime off a dish from Luca, um, a driving kick at the top of the key that kind of sealed it for Slovenia. And Luca kind of pulled it away with uh, two clutch rebounds. So we'll go over that a little bit. And the Mavericks also invited one more guy to their training camp roster, that being Tyler Hall. Him in tandem with um, Mamadou Gaye and McKinley Wright, the fourth have been the Mavericks' recent training camp invites. We covered the last two guys in the last pod. Well, I'm not going to go too in depth into those guys, but. We'll at least um, preview them a little bit. But before we do that, here is an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, Jaron. So just in terms of some general NBA news that's come over the last couple of days, um, since we've had you know some just kind of sporadic scheduling news, um, some announcements about the Donovan Mitchell stuff, things of that nature.
0: Yeah. What are your
1: thoughts on some of the stuff that's come out on the uh, national level over the last couple of days?
0: Yeah, so – Really, like I guess LeBron signed his two-year, ninety-seven million-dollar extension. Uh, Donovan Mitchell basically re-engaging in trade talks—not him, but the Jazz are re-engaging in trade talks with the New York Knicks, and apparently they were just not even speaking to each other for the last few weeks. So, I think for us, if we're looking for a side, some sort of side trade, I think that's promising. It's, I think it's inevitable at this point that Donovan Mitchell becomes a New York Nick um and then it seems like the nba has made this little thing in the middle of the year like i think it's january 24th to the 28th and it's a so-called rivalry week or ben gulliver on twitter yeah that's what yeah ben gulliver on twitter he tweeted that out and basically every i guess huge rivalry you can kind of think about maybe besides uh, and Mavs' perspective, besides like San Antonio and Houston, I mean, they're pretty bad, so I don't blame them. Um, but, you know, we play like Phoenix in that time. Boston plays Miami, all that kind of type games. They're all in that four-day stretch. So I think for the NBA, like this is kind of just their marketing scheme of getting rivalries back into the NBA, and I really like it. What do you think?
1: No, yeah, it looks really cool to me. Yeah. Um... I like um, how one of them wasn't even, like, team-specific. It's, like, Lonzo Ball versus LaMelo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoko yeah. George versus Embiid. But there there are, like, some cool rivalries within this week. And a couple teams even have, like, multiple games. Like, you got Clippers-Lakers. Um, I don't know. I think most of these are, like, pretty emblematic of, like, I guess what we'd say, like, the current rivalries are. Um, I'm really hyped. I like, I like that they staged it as Suns-Mavericks and, Grizzlies Warriors, I think that's a lot more fitting, um, in terms of like who has you know the most bad blood between each other, because you know the Mavericks series versus the Warriors, there wasn't really like a ton of like bad blood between the teams. No, yeah, respectful series, you know, despite you know the inevitable like Draymond antics and stuff like that. Um, so you know, in terms of potential rivals the Mavericks could have going forward, you know, I kind of would say Memphis or New Orleans could be penciled in there in the future, but as it stands right now, after that seven game series versus the Suns, I think that they are the like quintessential rival for the Mavericks at the moment, you know, both in the West, maybe while not in the same division, you know, divisions don't matter yeah. that much anyways. So I think I, I like this little rivalry. that's being hyped up between the Mavs and Suns, in my opinion, it's giving me a uh, Dirk versus Nash vibes. No, I,
0: I really like it. I, I think it's a good thing that the NBA is kind of, prioritizing these type games uh I think if the Mavericks for sure I think the Suns are probably their biggest rivals and I think you could pencil in an easy second with maybe the Clippers or Grizzlies uh and maybe I think New Orleans kind of gets in there especially this year um but yeah I mean I really like it I think that this is a good scheme I don't know if this was their intention but I, I really like it um but yeah just in terms of scheduling like there's a few weird stretches here and there that uh, it seems like the NBA kind of prioritized like these – uh, what do you call it? I guess like traveling. And I, I think the NBA did really good this year with like how they made the schedule. So I, I, yeah. I like it.
1: No, so um, per Mark Stein on Twitter, the NBA is doing like um, 55 of these baseball-style series in which the road team plays the same – uh, foe twice in a row without a travel. This is up from 23 last season, so they've been kind of pushing this. Um, I think this is inevitably going to like help with the um, traveling, you know, guys missing time on injury, second nights of back to back, things of that nature. Hopefully, I think this is definitely an increase to or in a effort to increase, you know, guys not missing out on second nights of back to backs, things of that nature, and just you know, it doesn't take as much of a toll on the player's body. And um, you know another thing, like there's 33 instances on the schedule when which the road team stays in LA or New York to play both local teams on the same trip. So the yeah, Clippers, Lakers, and Nets and Knicks are gonna get a steady dosage of people um, playing them, and then the their um, crosstown counterpart the next night. So it is like really cool that the NBA is trying, you know, doing their best as they can to reduce the I'm um, told that, um, you know, the egregious 82-game schedule is taking on some of these guys' bodies. Hopefully, you know, guys are a little healthier this year. You know, we say that every year. Obviously, injuries are a part of the game, but hopefully, you know, at last year seemed like particularly injury-riddled and with COVID yeah. and everything. So, you know, I hope for good health around the league this year and uh, just things to be a little better, reduce the injuries a little bit. No, um, I mean, without
0: a doubt, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. But uh, I'm really excited for – um, what the NBA is doing here. I will say as much that I'm still against the concept of the midseason tournament. I think it's kind of redundant, but, you know, that's for a later pod. Um, so, also, the Mavericks signed Tyler Hall over the weekend to a training camp deal. Uh, what are your sort of uh, general thoughts on him uh, coming in? This is a guy who averaged um, – who's shot 40, over 40% from three – On all three seasons on the Westchester Knicks, he's been with the Westchester Knicks since 2019-20, the G League team. And he was undrafted coming out of Montana State, this sort of a a bucket-getter type of guy. Um, He seems, like, really comparable to, like, Tyler Dorsey, if you guys watched any of his highlights, you know, after we signed him on a two-way contract in terms of, you know, his just ability to, you know, create shots for himself, be a movement shooter, uh, things of that nature. Not really the best defender. But it seems very similar to like Tyler Dorsey, um, averaged almost 15 a game for the, the Westchester Knicks last year, and I think like 25 games. So, what are your general thoughts on him, real quick, even though you know it is just a training camp invite?
0: Yeah, so you know, of course, as you mentioned, he signed that, uh, I think exactly it was that exhibit 10. I, I believe that's what it is.
1: Oh, yeah, those are really um, like training camp invite um, yeah, sort yeah. of terms.
0: Yeah, but. Let, like, let me just point this out. Playing three seasons for one G League team, I feel like is really rare, especially for a young guy like that, undrafted. Um, but I mean, he improved what looked like he improved every year he was on that uh, Westchester Knicks team. Uh, by by his, I guess, third and final year is what it looks like. Uh, you know, he's averaging 15 and a half points, almost five assists, and he shot 40, 40% from three while well, taking nine threes a game. I think that's a stat, you know, that's pretty eye-popping. But, yeah, like you said, like, he's very Tyler Dorsey-esque, uh, you know, just like you said, a bucket getter. I, I mean, I don't know what to expect. I, I'd i rather take – if we're going to sign another two-way guy between these three guys, uh, Muhammadu Gueye and then McKinley Wright and Tyler Dorsey – uh, there's too many names here – and Tyler oh, Hall. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather take McKinley right. I'd rather take the defensive upside. Uh, me personally, and the uh,
1: playmaking with you know,
0: yeah, yeah. But like
1: lack of playmaking right now.
0: Yeah, but again, you know, this guy's he's playing the G League. He's improved all three years. Who knows? Maybe he takes advantage of his shot in training camp. Yeah, most definitely.
1: But you know, at the end of the day, these are just like either G League guys or two way contract guys. So who knows how much any of these guys will actually see the floor for the Mavericks. But, I mean, a lot of these guys um, start in the G League and you never know how far their development could pave them. I mean, I guess a lot of Mavericks fans would always, you know, obviously bring up the whole Dorian Finney-Smith was undrafted argument. I mean, Dorian did get a lot of minutes um, his first couple years in the league sort of as an attribution of the fact that he was on, like, a bad team and, you know, he he was able to eat up those minutes versus the Mavericks you know, projecting to be a playoff team. So it's harder for guys like that to get minutes. But, hey, you never know. So we'll kind of see what happens in that department. Um, lastly, before we get into all the schedule talk, Luka played against Serbia in a friendly today. He had 34 points, nine assists, six rebounds, including a really cool sky hit, uh, sky hook over Jokic where he sort of, you know, heads the screen, got into the lane had a great sky hook. You know, he is looking a lot more explosive and fast. Um, from what I watched, I was not able to watch all the game, just, uh, parts of the fourth quarter and overtime. Um, and as we said earlier in the pod, he was able to dish to Vlako Conchar for a three to put them, uh, Slovenia ahead 94, 92 with about 50 ish seconds left. And then he grabbed two crucial rebounds that led to Slovenia free throws to take the win. um, What are your sort of thoughts on Luca? You know, this is only in friendly play that he's putting up these sort of insane stats on, you know, um, this level. Obviously, with Eurobasket coming up, it just, you know, he's looking – he looks really good to me so far. What are your thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, like I'm not surprised. I I don't – I think it was like – was it like 30-something minutes or 27 minutes or something like that? Some high minute in terms of uh, Euroleague. Uh, but I'm not surprised. Luca's been playing these, especially against Serbia. Uh, but yeah, I mean, putting up 34 points, was it six rebounds, nine assists, like in Euro Ball against? I feel like a pretty good Serbia team. I don't. Yeah, you know, the think...
1: scoring is not as plentiful in the Euro League, and like no, exactly, they don't. And you know, he's not playing near as much minutes as in the NBA. So I mean, the fact that he did that is like on 11 of 20 shooting, like that—it's I mean, insane to me. No, it is. It shows what he's um. I mean, you can just tell the sort of quickness, like there was a loose ball um, that he was able to like recover and dish to uh, one of the centers for an easy bucket. But I mean, you know, I hate to like look at something like this, like play by play, but you know, I honestly like don't even know if he would have been able to recover that loose ball in any of the games last year. Um, but he just looks like he has a different sort of intensity in terms of like the way he's attacking and things of that nature. Well, hopefully that translates into the regular season, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing so far, and I'm excited for these friendly games, end so we can finally get into the uh, actual Eurobasket.
0: No, I mean, yeah. Uh, again, like, I didn't watch the game personally, but just showing up on the stat book, like, the, this is things that you do want to see for a guy who hasn't necessarily come in uh, in the best of shape, and, you know, this is really first, maybe second time in his career where getting into shape is a priority, and we're, we're seeing it now. Uh, in these friendly matches. And that, I think that's cool to me.
1: No. And yeah. And like, there's always obviously the argument like, Oh, should Luca really be playing in these, you know, I think I fall under the um, line that, you know, he's still young. He can afford to play in these a lot during, at this stage in his career, you know, maybe a few years down the line, you know, definitely want to sort of lessen the amount of international play. He's um, sort of trudging himself through. But as of right now, I have no gripes with it. I mean, he's only, like, what, 23? So, you know, I like – I love seeing him going at it. I mean, he's still competing as hard as he can, even in these early games, um, which is, like, really cool to see. You know, he's not just doing this in the NBA. This is – basketball is his life. So, you know, that's sort of emblematic in terms of his play, literally just in friendly games. Apparently, he went and grabbed coffee with Jokic before the game. It's what he told the Serbian media. So, that was pretty funny. Yeah, but anyways, now we will be getting into the Mavericks 2022 23 NBA schedule. All right, so as you guys know, at 2 p.m. Central Time, the NBA's 2022 2023 schedule dropped for all 30 teams today, including the Mavericks, obviously. So we're just going to go ahead and dive right into it. Starting off the bat, the Mavericks have a rematch against the Suns in Phoenix. On October 19th to open the season up. They then have a game against Memphis, um, which is going to be their home opener on Saturday, October 22nd. Then um, a game against New Orleans on October 25th. Then a game against Brooklyn on October 27th. What are your thoughts on the first, like this first little four game stretch for the Mavericks? Three of these on the road, and the home opener, and just the general opener against Phoenix.
0: Yeah, so, I, like, I think this is honestly a pretty tough little four-game stretch. Whether or not Brooklyn still has KD or not, like, I don't think he plays, but either way, Brooklyn's still a team that's good. Um, Aside from that, though, like, opening up the season with Phoenix, I think that was kind of a given. Uh, and then the home opener with Memphis. So, I think Memphis is going to be a fun team to kind of keep up with just because I feel like in general standings I think Memphis is kind of a team that we compare with uh and you know we play them once really early of course with the home opener and then three times pretty late into the season so I think that's a team that we should definitely circle as a uh, you know once it gets down to it that's going to be a team that uh we, we're competing with but just in terms of this four-game stretch I, I think that you know, it's a it's a tough four game stretch, especially to start out the season. That game against New Orleans, I don't think anybody's really talking about, but I think that'll be a fun game. I don't know what their schedule looks like, but that might be their first actual test in the West. I like how that rhymed. But uh <laughs> But yeah, like in terms of four game stretches, I feel like this is a good start to the season. You're gonna really dive into what the Mavericks are, what the Mavericks I guess where they fit. And yeah, I mean like I said, like th- this is a tough four game stretch, and I guess we're going to really see what the Mavericks are made out of in the first four games, and this roster won't even be finalized by then.
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows if the roster is finalized by then, if they are able to make a trade for another ball handler by this point. But you know, the Mavericks have obviously not fared well the last couple of regular seasons in terms of the start. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the Mavericks, this Mavericks team has always shown the ability, especially the last two seasons, to turn it around and, you know, show what they're made of later in the year. Um, but in terms of, you know, providing, so I I don't know if we'll find the identity to this Mavericks team or see exactly what they're made of maybe in these first four games. But, you know, I definitely agree with you from the standpoint that it is a test. And if this Mavericks team is to be consistent, if Luka Doncic's, um, potential 2023 MVP campaign is a real thing, uh, they got to come out the gates firing. Um, the schedule does lighten up as, you know, you look towards the end of October and November. Um There's a lot of games against, you know, sort of mid-tier Eastern Conference teams, you know, lower Eastern Conference teams. Um, until you get to about November 15th, mid-November, it starts to heat up a little bit. Yeah. Um, except for really one dud against Houston. You have a really tough stretch here towards the end of November, um, playing the Clippers on the 15th. Um. Then a home-and-home with Denver, except the Mavericks are going to be at home for both of the games on the uh, 18th and 20th. Um, Then a little three-game road stretch against Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, and then coming home to uh, finish the month off against Golden State. So November, uh, end of November is really tough. I saw this one guy on Twitter actually put out this. um, So there's a 25-day stretch actually starting November 15th where the Mavericks have 14 games, four back-to-backs, and only, you know, three, what he quote-unquote said, were easy opponents. Um, Shout out to at at Joey underscore Kaufman on Twitter, um, where he, um, I found this. And um, this is a really tough stretch, you know, the beginning of December and the end of November for the Mavericks. This kind of seems to always be the case. Um, Just really quickly, um, in terms of December, they have a pretty easy game against Detroit, but then, you know, they play, uh, New York in New York, um, which is the first Jalen Brunson rematch game. Of course, it's not at home, but, you know, there's still going to be some animosity in that game. Then their first home game versus Phoenix on the fifth, which is obviously going to be a huge game after the playoff series, you know, coming yeah. back to the AAC. Then at Denver again, um, or at Denver this time. Then um, versus Milwaukee on the ninth then versus Chicago until it finally tapers off and they start facing some lesser opponents. So what are your general thoughts in terms of the Mavericks, um, this sort of stretch from late November to early December for the Mavericks?
0: Yeah, so like you said, it's kind of a given. Uh, there's always that kind of tough stretch in the beginning. But w- what was that stat you said? It was like 14 games in 30 days and four of them are back to back. 14 games in
1: like 25 days and four of them are back-to-backs.
0: Yeah, like that's – that's I-, I said where the Mavs are going to be made of in the first four games, but actually – let, let me take that back. I don't know. I don't know why I said that, but I think that's where we're gonna see the Mavs start to evolve and kind of what we're gonna kind of see this team turn out to be for the rest of the regular season with that 25 day stretch or whatever it was. Um uh, but I mean you have some key games here, you know, Golden State at home. That's the first time we play Golden State back from Western Conference Finals. Uh Boston, of course, they just went to the NBA Finals, New York, Phoenix coming back home, Milwaukee, like these are some tough games. Of course, as you get into like mid-December, it kind of tapers off with an Oklahoma City game, Cleveland, and Cleveland's not even bad. Uh, I just think in terms of the Milwaukee's and the Phoenix and Golden State's, that's a kind of taper off. Uh, And... Let me talk about this. Right before Christmas, we have a four-game away stretch where we play Cleveland, Minnesota, Minnesota, and then Houston. So it's not the toughest of four games,
1: but a four-game away and stretch. I mean, three, I mean, three of those games yeah, are going to three... be really tough, especially the you know, two games against Minnesota on the road in the middle of December um, with the cold killing you. That will not be fun. And then you get a little rest before Christmas in Houston. You just fly up real quick to Dallas and then – yeah. Um. So that's a little tough stretch. A uh, four game road stretch, and then they play obviously the Lakers on the Christmas Day, and then the Jalen Brunson rematch on the twenty seventh, which are gonna be two really fun games. I'm yeah, really excited for those. Um. And that kind of rounds out the month. A really hard December, I'd say. Um, I, honestly, probably like, the toughest month in the schedule. Maybe either yeah. that or January.
0: I, I think. I think December falls into that. I think January. Uh, if I am looking at this right. I believe January just kind of – you have some easy games fitting here and there, but December is just all around. Like, of course, you know, you play Houston. Uh, I think it's twice. But just with all the stretches and how many, you know, away games there is versus key teams, like it. it I think December is by far the hardest schedule.
1: Yeah. Um, Into In January, the Mavericks do have a few uh, games against some Eastern Conference powerhouses. They'll play the Celtics. Um, the Hawks, the Heat, but they they do have a West Coast road trip as well to be um, on January 10th where they'll play the Lakers. Lakers, I mean the Lakers, Clippers, and then Portland twice, and um, then they have a kind of a few dud games. Um, they do also play Phoenix this month, so January is by no means an easy month whatsoever. But I feel like they have a lot, a couple more quote unquote easier games in that month, so that's kind of where they turned it around last year at the turn of the new year. Hopefully it doesn't take them that long this time. Yeah. But at least if it does, their strength of schedule is going to go down a little bit. Then they um, have some home games mixing with some road games until they get to uh, February where they play new Orleans on February 2nd. And then they have a huge five game West coast road trip uh, where they'll play the Clippers, the jazz, then the, I mean, the, The Warriors, the Jazz, the Clippers, and then the Kings twice. And then they come back home to play Minnesota. So that will be a huge test as well, even though all those teams may necessarily not be the best of squads. It's just a really long road trip to have to be on. Um, Two, two, like, big West Coast road trips within one calendar month.
0: Yeah. Like, from February 4th to February 15th, six out of the seven games that we play will be away. Versus really good teams, Golden State, Clippers, Sacramento, I think, you know, they might be able to catch us on a back-to-back, especially in Sacramento. Uh, And then, you know, we fly back home, go to – on the 13th, we play Minnesota at home. And then right back, we're – in Denver, Colorado, we play the Nuggets. And I think that's a tough uh, seven-game stretch where, you know, the Mavs might drop a little bit, and that's just really the – February I think that's probably the last really really tough stretch of games until maybe mid-march but yeah I, I think what you said uh where we have two really big traveling uh stints I guess you can say uh within a calendar month like that that's gonna be a test to what this team can do
1: on the way games No, I agree. And also to go back to December, I think where that month proves to be the most difficult is because the Mavericks only have um, two days of rest in between games once that whole month, if I'm reading this correctly. Let's see. No, so they actually don't have – yeah, no. It's literally just between the uh, Denver-Milwaukee game from the 6th to the ninth. Every other um, game within the December month, is going to be only one day of rest or back to back. So that's also going to add to how challenging that month is for the Mavericks. Um, But yeah, after, you know, you get past the all-star break, the schedule kind of tapers off, you know, obviously there's going to be good opponents in there, especially um, just with how the West is, but you know, the opponents start to taper off a little, the Mavericks have a few dud games, but then, like you said, you get to mid mid March and the Mavericks have a lot of road games to end the season. And you know, they do have their last three games at home, but they have a few, like, they have like two distinguishable road stretches here in March where they play. You know, not all of them are necessarily against the best teams, but, you know, it is hard to build a momentum on the road right before playoff time. So, how do you see the Mavericks kind of finishing out the season? Um, and does this kind of, you know, even though their strength of schedule may not be as hard as some of the um, earlier months, you know, the lack of home games, do you think that could catch up to them later in the season? So yeah, like, yeah. I I mean, again, we just don't know how these other teams are going to look.
0: There's a, the last nine games of the season, seven of them are against Eastern conference teams, which of course, you know, we don't really play. We play the Eastern conference teams only twice a year. So I think those are games you can't really decide whether or not they're going to be wins or losses just because we don't know what the matchups are going to look like.
1: Uh. You can't really decide for any of these if they're going to be – I mean, bosses. yeah, you can't <laughs> decide for any of
0: these. Yeah. But I think specifically that little stretch where nine – or seven of the nine games are against the East to end the season, really, Uh, especially with that five-game away stretch. But, yeah, like I think from March, it kind of dips off from the really hard stretch of, you know, early February to – or I guess, yeah, it was early February. From early February to – really all of December and January, uh, it, it tapers off a little bit. So I think March can be one where we grab a few. Again, hopefully, like you said, that's not where we catch fire is late in January, or I think it was late in January. Um, and that's where we kind of shape out the team. Hopefully that happens earlier than that. But yeah, like I think the way the schedule is kind of built, it's more middle heavy, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. It's more, you know, middle of the season, early middle ish of the season. It's going to be really, really tough. It kind of tapers off towards the end. And then I think to end the season, there's really not a slump game. There's a from March 11th to March 30th. There's three games that we play Memphis. And like I mentioned earlier, I think Memphis is going to be a key matchup and two of the three of those games are going to be in Memphis. So I think that's going to be a marquee matchup for those nine days. But yeah, like there's really not like the thing about the NBA is there's not a bad game, uh, unless if you're playing San Antonio, there's there's (laughs) not a bad game.
1: No, I completely agree. And I'm, uh, I do definitely agree in terms of how comparable the Grizzlies are for the Mavericks with the Mavericks. Both teams over the offseason that maybe didn't really get better, but didn't get worse. Yeah. Um, as, as of right now, at least. And I could definitely see both of those teams kind of like stagnating where they are in terms of like how good they're going to be. You know, obviously, I hope that's not the case, but that'll be interesting to see where those two teams compare in the standings that, you know, obviously, what their how their records could be, you know, connotations in terms of tiebreakers, divisions, things like that. That'll be, like you said, a really, like, interesting race towards the end of the season if those two teams are close together. They could not be at all. Maybe one of them explodes. But I, as of right now, I kind of, like, foresee that happening. Also, a fun little nugget, uh, the Mavericks team that they do not play, like, the farthest into the regular season is actually they do not play the Charlotte Hornets until March 24th, which is, like, really late.
0: Yeah. But they'll
1: play the Hornets on March 24th. Um, and then actually just play home and home with the Hornets, um, where the Hornets will co- They'll play the Maver- – uh, Hornets will play the Mavericks in the AAC on the 24th, and then they'll go back to Charlotte on the 26th. So I thought that was kind of cool. But, yeah, that kind of rounds out the schedule. Um, we know we'll do a record prediction in another pod, but we're not going to be basing our record predictions off the schedule or anything. That's going to be yeah, just yeah. how we view this Mavericks roster and things of that nature. But it was really cool to see the schedule come out. Finally, like a little bit of news, like actually – Sort of rejuvenating the NBA world, you know. Even though the Jonathan Mitchell trade talks are supposedly back in, um, back in engagement, it just seems like nobody's on NBA Twitter is really like invested at the moment until something actually credibly happens. So it was nice to see it's like actual tangible news.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, do we want to dive into these ten games that we picked up?
1: Yeah. So before we end the pod, real quick. We're going to go ahead and uh, tell you guys our 10 games that we have picked out in terms of, like, matchups that we are probably, like, most excited to see and, like, want to go to. Jaron and I have made it a goal this year to go to 10 games. Um, You know, we don't have media passes or anything, but we'll do our best to try and get to those 10 games as we can, given our resources. Um, We've never been to that many games in a season. I think the most games I've ever been to in a season is, like, maybe five. What about it? You?
0: I think it was six right before COVID.
1: Yeah, the COVID year, we did go to quite a bit. But we've kind of, like, laid out some games accordingly that we think would be really fun um, and kind of spaced them out in terms of, like, also, you know, you know matchup dependent in terms of, like, what's happening. Um, so, yeah, Jaron, just go ahead and rattle off all 10 games real quick, and then we'll talk about it.
0: Yeah, so to start out, uh, home opener versus Memphis on the 22nd of October. I believe that's a Saturday. Uh, for obvious reasons, that's a home opener. Of course, you'd want to go to that. And it's against Memphis, so not a that's a good team. Uh, and then it's about a month out on the November 11th. Uh, they played Denver. I think that would be just fun. I think that's the first matchup where Denver is playing in Dallas. It might even yes, be the first matchup. Any, anytime Denver.
1: Luka's playing Jokic, that's always a must-see, even in the friendly versus Serbia. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I forgot to mention, but Jokic had like 25 today. I mean, he didn't even, I didn't even see his stats. Yeah, no, I didn't look at his full stat line. But, obviously, I don't know if they were expelling – how many minutes they were expelling to everybody and how, you know, intense these games were throughout. But, I mean, it just shows, like, these guys can go screw around in the second-hardest league in the world in their off time and just get however many points they want and not near as many minutes, which is crazy to me. <laughs> no,
0: exactly. Uh, like, I think that's the first matchup versus Jokic and Denver. I, yes. I okay, that is okay. Uh, and then 11 days after that, November 29th, is the first game that we play Golden State, and it's in the AAC. So we kind of circled that as a matchup that we want to go to. Of course, like, there's no bad blood between the two teams, but it would just be fun to go to It's the first game back, or first game against each other since the Western Conference Finals, of course. And then about a month after that, you have the Christmas game versus the Lakers for obvious reasons. Who doesn't want to go to a Christmas game? Uh, and let's see, that happens at this rate once every 10 years. So
1: <laughs> yeah, at, at you, can't, you is, can't miss yeah. it.
0: Um, And then two days after that, Jalen Brunson returns to the AAC and the Mavericks face the New York Knicks on December 27th. So that one – I mean, of course, Jalen Brunson returns. Uh, I mentioned this in the last pod. I don't know how fans will react, but I think it'll just be a fun get, fun game to go to. At this point, the Knicks might have Donovan Mitchell. So it'd be a pretty good game too. Um, and I've never seen the Knicks live. So there's that. Um, and then on 1 20, on January 24th, The Washington Wizards are in town, and believe it or not, I know a lot of people haven't talked about this, but Kristaps Porzingis has not been back to the AAC since the trade happened, and that will be his first time back. So that's kind of why we circled that game. And then I think it's about a week and a half afterwards. On uh, February 2nd, the Mavericks play New Orleans. I think that'll just be a fun game to go to. Those two teams might be pretty close in record at that time. And also Zion Williamson and this New Orleans team seems to be
1: pretty good. Yeah. Let's see. Seeing how Zion sort of rekindles himself this season is like a huge sort of under talks talked about storyline, in my opinion. Like, I think people are kind of like writing him off as like, Oh, he's just too injury riddled. Like this dude's the best player on that team, in my opinion. Oh no, without a doubt. Yeah, like it's you just, say Brandon Ingram this, you know, CJ McCallum. that. Like, no, like Zion's the best player on that team when he's healthy.
0: Whenever he's healthy, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so shortly after that, I think it's 11 days. Uh, I, I think Minnesota – I don't think this is the first home game versus Minnesota. I think this would be the second. But February 13th, uh, day before Valentine's Day, Mavericks play Minnesota and Dallas I think that would be really fun again that's another team I feel like that would have somewhat similar record and getting into the later or getting into a few maybe what no that'd probably be like the week of all-star break mm-hmm. um so yeah getting into like that might be the game before all-star break I'm not sure
1: actually uh, but I believe it, it is yeah
0: uh, okay that is yeah so mm-hmm. that would be like fun I think those two teams it would just be fun. Oh, no, they
1: played Denver like two nights after that, um, in Denver, and then they go on All Star break. But yeah, it's the last home game for All Star break.
0: Okay, yeah. So I guess that's, it's also just fun. Minnesota, I think, is going to be a really electric team next year, and I think gonna yeah. be fun to watch. So, coming back from All Star break on, uh, I don't, I think this is the first yet. Yeah, so this is the only matchup versus Philadelphia at home on March second. Philly and Dallas play in Dallas, of course. I think that would be fun.
1: We debated be fun. heavily between this and the March fifth Phoenix matchup. But Jaron and I actually went to the game three versus the Suns last year. And while we would like to see Phoenix yeah. back in the AAC, that would really be really cool to see. Like we both have not seen Philadelphia or Joel Embiid play ever. So we figured hey, we might as well roll with this one.
0: Yeah, like I think it would be really fun. I I have I'm expecting even in Dallas that Philly fans are loud. So,
1: no, oh, yes, no, I'm I'm very interested to see how that goes. I mean, they're the Eagle fan base support here is a lot more than you'd think. So, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and I think this is our our third eleven next eleven day break, or mm-hmm. I guess in between games. Yeah. Uh, that March thirteenth game versus Memphis is that last home game versus Memphis. Mm-hmm. That's the third out of four matchups. And I think like I mentioned earlier, I think that that game is going to be really pivotal in terms of playoff seeding and what we're Yes.
1: Going to the Mavericks play the Grizzlies three times in the month of March.
0: Yeah. And that'll be the second of third in the month of March. Um, but yeah, I just think, I, I like I said, like I think that those two teams are going to be very similar in terms of record. And I think that those three games could branch out to where, you know, who's the better team and also who gets the better playoff seating and also their division rivals. Uh, I think we'll see the rivalry part and that three-game stretch. Uh, And and then I think this is uh, one of those games where it's a a
1: away game and then a home game right after. Yeah, no, it's a a home game, a home and home. So, yeah, that'll be really really fun to see. So those are our ten games. We debated maybe doing one. Um, a little later in March towards April, but we sort of had to take our financial status into account at that <laughs> yeah. point in time and figured if we have any chance of going to any playoff games, then that might not be too feasible. But we are really excited. Um, you know, obviously all this is subject to change, but this is sort of our little tentative plan that we had here. And, you know, not just the games that we want to go to, but the games that, you know, we also have penciled in as some of like just key games in terms of like, you know, the what that the Mavericks are going to have at home. Also, we forgot to mention during Rivalry Week that during Rivalry Week, the Mavericks will be playing the Suns in Phoenix on January 26th. Yes. Um, So, like Jaron said at the beginning of the pod, Rivalry Week is through the 24th through the 28th of January. So, that'll be a fun little um, matchup. Obviously, wish it was in Dallas, especially since that um, first matchup, uh, the uh, season opener is going to be in Phoenix as well. And I think that's only the second matchup against Phoenix. Oh, no, they play him in no, December. The third. December, yeah. yeah. So, um, only maybe regret that we have coming out of our selections were that we wish we could have seen a game against Phoenix. But at the end of the day, we did get to go to that playoff game last year. So we're not really too been out of shape over that. I think, you know, I'm pretty content with the selections we made.
0: Yeah, uh, I really like, I, or like, in terms of selections, I think we made pretty good at selections. Yeah, I, I think we picked a good balance in pretty important games in terms of Mavericks. You know, like Jalen Brunson coming back or Christmas or st- and stuff like that, and kind of just hype games like uh, yeah, yeah. Games. We I thought we
1: picked a really good balance in terms of like just how important some of the games could be, like in terms of standing connotations and um, also with like, level opponent, but also at the same time, you know, getting those, like, games that mean something in terms of, like, KP's return, the Christmas game, um, and Jalen Brunson's return. So, yeah, no, I was really excited about that. We will be back here on – well, you guys will be listening to it on Saturday. But we will be back on um, Friday night. So when we'll be recording next, and you guys can hear that pod on Saturday. But unless you have anything else before we end the pod, um, that's going to do it for us today. Um, if you haven't got a chance yet, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening at. Give us a five-star rating if possible. If you made it this far in the pod, we really appreciate you guys. And um, we hope you enjoyed it. And thanks for listening to another episode of Mainstream Maths. And we are now signing out. See